Hello, and welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your other host, Soli Hommel. And we're going to take you through 31 scary movies through the month of October, like we do every year. But for the first time this year, we're going to do it entirely in audio format. We like to mix it up every year. One thing you need to be aware of is that we will be employing a truly ghoulish number of spoilers throughout all of these reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie we're reviewing, maybe don't listen to our podcast until you do. We highly recommend you check them out and watch along with us. It's going to be fun for everybody. I mean, how could it not be? So if you're ready and you've watched the movie, please step inside our lair and let's begin. We watched The Visit from 2015 on Amazon. We actually paid money to see this one. Real money. Real money. We don't do that very often. So The Visit is an M. Night Shyamalan movie with all the baggage that entails. (laughs) Some of my most and least favorite movies have come from him. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, The Visit is rated PG-13 and has a 94-minute running time. IMDb gave it a 6 Point two, while Metacritic gives it a 55 and, uh, let's see, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 66 and the audience a 51. That's pretty consistent across the board, actually. It's pretty consistently mediocre. Yes, that is true. Oh, sadly, that's kind of what I have come to expect from Shyamalan. Like, well, like I expect it to be hardcore mediocre, and then I'm shocked if it goes either fantastic or what on earth did I just watch? The plants. Right? You can't outrun the wind. <laughs> Period. Maybe you can a little bit. So The Visit is the story of two uh, teenage kids who are going to visit their grandparents. Their grandparents have been estranged from their mother for their whole lives. They've never met them. And they know that there's this like big family drama that split, you know, that caused this rift. And they have decided that they're going to go visit their grandparents. And the son, he's the younger one, he like is a rapper and considers himself quite the ladies man. Well, is he a rapper? Uh, In the sense that he attempts to rap, yes. Yes. And the daughter is making a documentary. Like, she considers herself a filmmaker. And so she Mm -hmm. is recording everything. So really, this doesn't get a um, found footage tag, does it? Absolutely it does. Ah. Every frame of this movie is found. Not that it has to be found. Spoilers. The kids are okay. But um, it is all filmed by the kids by the characters supposed Mm -hmm. supposedly and yeah it's no there's no real camera shots or whatever you want i don't Uh i don't understand the right term there but it's all pretended to be filmed by the kids right which is interesting to suddenly realize because i normally hate found footage films for that reason like it's all shaky cam and it's annoying and it's all very quality yeah and and um everything seems very convenient like in Ugh, the Levenger tapes. (laughs) But this one, while we were watching it, it seemed to fit into the story so seamlessly with the, you know, I'm trying to make a documentary situation that I I actually forgot that it was a found footage movie. Yeah, I did for parts two. So you picked this movie. Yeah, I did. Again, because I once again was like, I don't feel like picking. You know what? Anytime you don't feel like picking... I would love to pick a horror movie. I know. 
Oh, it works out very nicely. So you picked it. What caused you to pick this movie? This movie is one that I have wanted to see since it came out and never did. And it's always good to uh, check out a new Shyamalan movie and see. Is it always good? To see where it ends up on the scale. Okay. It's so interesting because the first few movies that he made, Sixth Sense, Signs, even Unbreakable, are among my favorite movies. Signs is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, and it's not even that scary. But it terrified me. Like, I was so invested in that story. So I love him. Like, I hear that he's making a new movie, and my initial reaction is, yes! (laughs) And then I remember... Whatever the one was where they were out running the wind with the trees. The happening. The happening. And that one should have been so good, too, because it had Mark Wahlberg in it, who I love as an actor. Or the one with the, where they're out at the lake one, where it's the, oh, is it the village? The village. Was that, did that have a lake in it? Or am I thinking of another one? There's Lady in the Water, but I've never seen that. And I think it's a swimming pool. I'm not sure. Amazing, like like 10 out of 10 movies at first. And then he went through this slump where I would watch them and I'd be like, this is the worst thing I've ever submitted to my eyeballs. <laughs> and then lately in the last few years, it's come back some. I think I, I mean, I remember really liking Split last year. Yeah, we do one a year. Yeah. I don't remember what was before that, but, I don't. but he's coming back. He's coming back. I guess we'll wait until the review, the reviews at the end to see how you feel about that. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but that is interesting that this is uh, Shyamalan does found footage. Never happened before. Very exciting. I didn't expect that, actually. I had no idea that's what it was until it got started. So that didn't factor into this decision. So it was just time to see this movie. I guess. Not much okay. of a story there. Okay. So how does this movie begin? So... The first line happens first. That felt like an awkward (laughs) sentence to say. Yeah, so there's like a black screen. We hear somebody say, at the end of high school, I fell in love with a substitute high school teacher. At the end of that line, then we see the first shot of, like being filmed of this documentary that the daughter's making, where she is doing like a talking head interview of her mom. And her mom is describing the relationship with her parents ending when she was 19. So, you know, like, that's the scene. It's weird, because what is the estrangement between them? How did they end up that way? And they spend the whole movie trying to figure that out. And it turns out it's not that big a deal. I mean, it's unpleasant, but it's really not that big a deal. And they could have gotten over it and gotten back together, right? Okay, so it's interesting. One of the questions I wrote down relates almost directly to that. I agree with you. It didn't feel like that big a deal. You know, the mom finally, you know, we spend this whole movie wondering what terrible, unforgivable thing did this mother do, yeah. right? And it turns out, spoilers, that, you know, like they're screaming at each other. Her mom gets mad at her. The grandma gets mad at the mom. The mom, who is then 19, slaps the grandma. The grandpa slaps the mom. And they go their separate ways. And, like, that's it. Like, that's the big rift. And it doesn't sound like a big deal. Especially after the whole movie, like, building it up to she, like, shoves somebody down the stairs or whatever. Like, it's terrible. Yeah, there's a part where Mitchell says that uh, something along the lines of Claire put her two kids in the suitcases in the lake. And I was mixed up for a minute going... 
Oh, she had previous children that she murdered and her parents aren't happy about that for some reason. That would be a big deal. <laughs> but no, that was not no. her that did that. So, no, Claire yeah. is different. So, But that's how they built it up was to where you were looking for that. Exactly. And that was, I think, intentional. Uh, yes, I think it was very much so. I do feel, though, like there is a truth to how big family dramas when you trace them back and you remove mm. the like emotional connection to them, they're not as big as they seem. Yeah. You know, like like these huge rifts come from things that should not cause huge rifts. Well, they kind of build on themselves, mm-hmm. you know. It's like don't want to get back into that situation, so we just go our separate ways. Right, it's easier to avoid. So at the very end then, okay, so uh, during the movie The daughter, Becca, her real purpose in creating this documentary is that she wants to find the elixir for her mother, right? Mm -hmm. She wants to find her forgiveness for her mom because she feels like her mom needs it in order to move on and be happy. At the end, her mom acknowledges that she knows that's what Becca was doing. And she says, forgiveness was there for me whenever I wanted it. Yeah. Because apparently her parents had already reached out to her, like, very shortly after the whole situation went down. So it was, like, her 19-year-old pride that continued it, right? What I'm wondering is, when you heard that, did you feel like that meant that she was, you know, she was feeling regret that now her parents are dead and she can't ever do that? Yeah. Or was that her way of telling her daughter that had she really wanted their forgiveness, she <laughs> knew she could go get it? Like, yeah. that she was making the choice not to. I, that's not what I think. I think it was more a question of now I'm sad that, you know, I kept away and missed out on the chance. Mm-hmm. So that's a sad ending. But is that what you were thinking? Yes, but I do feel like that other piece is there underlying. And as you were talking, I realized it's because that's what she was doing all along. Like she knew, she's known for like the last 20 years that all she had to do was call them and they yeah. were ready to move on, right? And and so she was making that choice every day, consciously or unconsciously, not to call them. And she's only reached the point of regret and wishing that she had actually done it now that it is no longer an option. Well, that's how that works. There's a song about that. It says you don't know what you got till it's gone. It's true. I don't know if you ever heard that song. I have. Are, are you referring to the uh, Joni Mitchell version or the Counting Crows no version? I have no idea. Oh, that is that song. <laughs> I'm referring to the Counting Crows then. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely true. And I think that was one of the, the real themes of the movie is that regret and that like making choices and wishing you hadn't once it's too late to change it. I mean, again, going yeah. back to like, Claire, yeah, I think she had the there was problem. some regret there. Um, Only she had built a fantasy world around her regret and to make it all okay. Right, rather than acknowledging that she had made it a terrible, terrible choice, yeah. she pretended everything was fine. Like, she went into insanity, basically. And I feel like I'm having a hard time thinking of an example, but I feel like Mitchell has the same, possibly around just the whole situation that the movie is 
predicated on like that he kind of regrets being in that situation he he chose to do it because he wanted to give claire this beautiful week of being able to be a grandparent but it didn't work out the way he wanted it to and you know but it was much too late for him to change it yeah he doesn't make great choices but he was clearly already full of all kinds of regret halfway through so he he was not a happy man no no he definitely was not and I'm not entirely certain. I mean, so was that scene with the shotgun, was that because he had murdered these two old people who were trying to help crazy people in the asylum? Or is that why he was in the asylum in the first place? <clears throat> I mean, there's lots of possibilities, like the fact that now that they've escaped, that he's off his meds for a week. You know, sure. There's that. There's Well, and the incontinence. I mean, he's yeah. clearly... His body is betraying him. And that's that's kind of the core of the movie, even though I think I already named a different core. This is a new core. This core is... The horror in the movie, really, mostly, is aging. These young kids seeing old people deteriorating before their eyes. Things that would be... It's upsetting for an adult, but for a child, it's terrifying. Like... These people Mm -hmm. are turning into monsters Mm -hmm. when really, you know, an adult would be like, I want to help you. I want to make it so you get through this. Okay. Where for a kid, it's just, I can't deal with this. This is a monster. It's, it's a scary thing. It's traumatizing. I I think you're right. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm, I'm particularly thinking of Mitchell's incontinence, Claire's vomiting in the night, Claire's, sundowning and like her her very strange behavior there was a point before it had tipped into ooh, okay there's more to this like when it still felt like these are just awkward people who are in the decline of their physical lives where i actually had the thought this is the scary part of the movie like like at some point they're gonna reveal like i was fully expecting some kind of twist because it's a Shyamalan movie (laughs) there's always a twist i'm like something is going to happen like aliens possession whatever like there is scary traditional scary coming but yes the the idea of watching somebody you love disintegrating and disappearing into themselves like that is the scary part especially i think for people like you and i who are no longer children but who have parents who are in varying degrees into that. Yeah, they're they're getting old. Alzheimer's is like one of the scariest things that can happen to somebody just because your brain is you Mm -hmm. and, you know, your body can give out. You can lose limbs, you can become incontinent, you can do whatever, and you're still you. But Alzheimer's takes you away piece Mm -hmm. by piece. You're basically dying a bit at a time instead of all at once like other people. And it's, that's one of the scariest things in the world are you talking about to watch or to to experience i I bet it's worse to experience but to watch it is it's tragic you know just to know that something is gone but they're still here and you you know that it's going away over time too it's Mm -hmm. it's awful so i i feel like that really is the scary part of the movie and that was Mm -hmm. the intent was they Mm -hmm. they were like this is horrifying let's go with that but they wanted to do something fun with it whereas I semi-expected this movie to kind of have the big finale be, you know, these people were deteriorating right before their eyes. 
one of them die maybe or even get hurt like fall down and be on mm-hmm. the ground and these kids have to deal with that and you know because the, they were trapped the the grandparents were there right out basically they're like right what are we gonna do here it's just us and i sort of wondered if at some point the the legitimate deterioration of either the physical or mental state of the grandparents would cause enough fear in one of the kids that they would do something like you know grandma's acting like a wild animal in the middle of the night out of self-defense she gets pushed down the stairs or something like that that there would be that kind of possible right and i thought that could be you know that's just trauma on top of trauma (laughs) there well and that's part of it is that as kids they don't know what's going on Mm -mm. you know so when she is acting like a wild animal they're just like she's crazy what's happening and that's very different than what an adult would experience seeing Mm -hmm. the same behavior Mm -hmm. so that brings me to another one of the questions that i wrote down which did you find truly scarier the idea that these were their actual grandparents in this actual state of disrepair or the eventual reveal that these were not their grandparents these were escaped mental patients I found the twist disappointing and everything after it was kind of like, yeah, whatever. It wasn't interesting anymore. And I was looking for, as soon as it wasn't their parent, their grandparents, it was like that kind of undermines all of the drama that's come before in a way. Like I was looking for, I mean, there could have been so many things, but like I actually have a note here. This is a much scarier ending for me i wrote this way before that happened but i said because you know they got creepy they got they were saying things where you could tell they had darker motives or something something was going on with well them. they were definitely yeah they were definitely like gaslighting these kids yes. in terms of every time something creepy would happen one of them would make excuses about how the uh-huh. other one was old and yeah. it was all this is fine which is a weird juxtaposition to us just saying, like, it was very clear that everything was not fine. But yeah. part of the paralysis the kids experienced was they didn't know, so they were having to base it on what their these older people were telling them. Yeah. And the older people kept telling them, no, no, this is perfectly normal. But um, Okay, so what's your... So my thing was they were going to kill the kids to punish the mom for whatever it was she did, which is Ooh, horrible. That is horrible. I mean, that that's dark. It would have required something much more dramatic than a slap. <laughs> well, we didn't know what the story was. <laughs> right, right. So I think that is so much more twisted than what actually happened. You know, mental patients are going to, they're going to mental patient. That doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But this is loving grandparents having gotten twisted up and senile dementia would be part of it they kind of got twisted up in each other's dementia and in this story that they had lived in and been telling themselves for 20 years yeah who knows how horrible this woman is that we never interact Mm -hmm. with anymore although i don't know why that means we get to kill kids but that's what they were going to do anyway because they were evil in my story like when the twist happened and the mom was like those aren't your parents I didn't really have, I, I didn't expect it. I didn't know that's what was going to happen. But I was finally like, oh, that's why she covered the camera. Because I couldn't figure out a good reason for that. But anyway, it was a reveal of something I didn't know. But it wasn't like a big jump. It wasn't a moment where I was like, ooh. I was just like, okay, let's continue. 
So I think I felt that as a big moment because I supposed to be, have. For sure. So I keep kind of running notes throughout the movie of just straight up what's happening because my memory is terrible (laughs) so when we start talking about it i don't remember anything unless i have little notes to remind myself right i can kind of when i look back i can be like "Ooh, that must have been surprising for me because of how i wrote it or whatever the part where she said that's not (laughs) nana and pop pop i wrote in all caps those aren't their (laughs) those aren't their grandparents exclamation mark exclamation mark like so I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, it is shocking. But... It just didn't hit me. No. And thinking back on it, I don't remember... Like, it doesn't... It wasn't memorable. Yeah. I don't still have that, whoa, great twist feeling. But it definitely was surprising. I didn't expect it. Yeah. So were you more concerned about the old people deteriorating or the doppelgangers? If I think about it in terms of, like, for these kids, the doppelgangers were definitely more dangerous. Well, yeah. Because it didn't feel like the old people wanted to kill them to me. Like, I no, can see the, how it, that might have been the twist that happened. Yeah, I didn't really think sure. that it felt that way. I wasn't going in that direction. I was just thinking of it in terms of, you know, how straight up strange it is to experience. Um, so, so in that sense, the doppelgangers were much more dangerous to the kids. Yeah. From my perspective, I always find real life horror way scarier than fictional horror. I I am never afraid of ghost stories or alien stories or any of those things because I'm like, it's a fun story to watch or read, but it doesn't stick in my brain as something that's actually terrifying because it doesn't exist. And I know that. I also know that... These physical and mental deteriorations are real things that that my family members are going to experience, that I'm going to experience, that I might have to watch you experience. Oh no, I'm good. <laughs> um, like that to me is truly terrifying. Like yeah, that's, that's the sort awful. of thing that I will have nightmares about while I sleep, not poltergeist. And so our loyal listeners know there were three or four points during the movie when Soli had to lean over and go, can we go home now? I don't want this visit anymore. <laughs> I did. I didn't like it. I this, The tension, especially in the first part of it, was palpable. Like, yeah. I, I was very uncomfortable. It did a really good job with mystery before the twist of just, mm-hmm. you know, is there something evil going on at all? It, if it is, what could it be? I don't know. Like, what's wrong with these people? It There was always a lot of questions to be asking. Mm-hmm. And they were out in kind of an isolated situation. Like, yeah. people came by occasionally, but it was sort of that, like, small town, rural community where people will come by, but not really want to get involved in whatever's happening over there. Like, this yeah. feels weird, but I'm just going to leave my pie on the doorstep and go home. Like, <laughs> like that... And that feels very familiar to me. Like, that's kind of what I grew up in. Yeah. Like, there's that pretense of close-knit community. But when there's something ugly happening behind closed doors, we make sure to keep the door closed. So, yeah, it was... it was. I was very uncomfortable for these kids. And I very much wanted them to not be there anymore. I thought that those kids did an excellent job of acting. Like, I really liked those characters and how they were portrayed. Yes. 
these teenagers i don't i can't remember the last time i've seen characters like this on tv or movies they were super they weren't necessarily super intelligent they were smart kids obviously but what they were was super i'm not as much as they are make words big (laughs) they make words big and they knew a lot of words and they used all the words I'm not on their level, okay? I'm, I'm super bad at myself because I'm like, there's a word for that. Well, they, I know the word vocabulary, but that's that's the noun. I want other words. They, yeah. they were erudite. Wow. <laughs> um, I actually think I made a note, something like that. I don't know what it was. I did say they, or, they are organically slash realistically weird, which I they liked were. that, yes. They were abnormal and nothing nothing typical about them. They They were like real people in the Mm -hmm. sense that they weren't like any real person you know they were somebody unique and they acted real and they had this big vocabulary and i think any other movie would have a 13 year old and a 15 year old be really dumb and just i don't know just simple and this really stood out uh, and these guys different. were mad about no internet and they wanted their uh-huh. phones and like they were they felt like real teenagers they didn't feel like some super smart fake people that somebody had written but yeah they they were allowed to be smart in some way in their way i really liked them and i liked the way that they i liked the way their relationship was portrayed you know they fought all the time but there were points when it really got down to it they were 100% there for each other. Mm-hmm. There's a point, and it's not even really connected to the rest of the story. It's just character building and, and relationship building. But there's a point where Tyler, who has a germ phobia, has gotten something on his hands, yeah. and they're out of the tissues in the bathroom that are what he thinks makes the germs go away. Like, the one thing that helps yeah. him, they're out of them, and he's losing it. Like, he's like, I'm. these germs are never going to go away. They're going to, like set into my skin and I am never going to be able to remove them and she just very calmly and with this knowledge that if she says it the right way he will believe her yeah explains like oh no no look I'm getting it like oh see I'm getting it she knows she can't see the germs she doesn't know what it is exactly that he's freaking out about but she knows how to de-escalate him in a way that only siblings can do for one another I think Hmm. Or that, like, good sibling relationships are built on that. And that scene walks into my other theory of the movie that they also blew out of the water with the twist, which was he's a germaphobe. His sister has body image issues. Mm -hmm. Like, she refuses to look at herself in the mirror, Mm -hmm. which he catches on to and talks to her about. And their mother definitely seems to have some issues. It's Maybe it's just that she's having a hard time with this, but she may have mental problems and that got me feeling like okay these grandparents are crazy the mother is crazy the children are crazy this is genetic schizophrenia happening here these people are falling apart i i didn't know where that was going but the mm. like the videos from their mom were really brief and and strange like she was really partying pretty hard for what she was showing her kids and it was kind of like maybe the issue in the past involved the fact that they were all schizophrenics. And then there was mm. a question of what was, you mm-hmm. know, where is this going to go with this? Sorry, kids. It's genetic. This is this well, is the family tree. That's interesting because it ties into that fear of 
disintegration and, yeah. and the de-evolution of the human body. Like, <laughs> these kids, whether they realize it or not, are seeing their own futures, if, if that's yeah, the story. That's true. And that's, like, that's the kind of thing that will haunt them through the rest of their lives, you know, <laughs> yeah. as they get older and realize what it was that they saw and where those things come from and how those things travel through families. And Luckily... Not related. Not at what all. it was. Turns so out, looking at the pictures, it looks like their grandparents were probably perfectly normal people, yeah. <laughs> and and in very good health given their age. Like they yeah. were still working and volunteering and active. This was one of those movies where there was more to talk about, yeah. like like thematically, as opposed to this happened and that happened, and then well, they said yeah. this and That's, they said that. We don't need to do that stuff. Yeah. Although I feel like there's a dozen more things that we just don't have time to cover like we haven't even mentioned that it's a fairy tale that the girl gets in the oven the gigantic oven so the elixir was part of that too and there was a point where i'm like wait is she actually talking about an elixir like is this going to turn into like a fairy (laughs) like an actual fairy tale where she has to get like some you know crystal bottle filled (laughs) with purple liquid um but yeah, the the uh, would you mind getting inside the oven to clean it scene happened yeah. a couple times, and both times I was like, oh, <laughs> heck to the no, that yeah. is not happening. I mean, it was kind of a mislead, but it was, it was tense. Yeah, <laughs> it was the. I I think it was in there because this was the retelling of Hansel and Gretel, really. Yeah. But it was so, so uh, modernized and so switched up. It took that scene. It took something very like, look, the <laughs> witch is making her climb in the oven for people, you know, so that they'd be sure that people would make that connection. Because without that yeah. scene, I don't know that I would have immediately no, come I think, to that. I think it's very vaguely connected. Yeah. Other than that. But anyway, there's a, a thousand things. I think we better head into the ratings. Ratings. What would you rate this movie? This is hard. This is the visit. And I'm rating it a rating on our patented out of five rating system of I really enjoyed this movie. Ha! Surprise! (laughs) And I found it very stressful and intense. It kind of let me down at the end, which is sort of what you expect with endings. So I will give this movie 4.5 standard deviations above zero. (laughs) <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> I like that. On our patented rating system. Uh, okay, 4.5 you said? Yeah. I liked this movie enough that I'm somewhat tempted to give it a 5. What? But I don't think I liked it enough to do that. Like, I'm thinking about the other movies that have gotten 5s from me in the past. Uh-huh. And they're ones where I am i can't stop talking about how great they are. Like, mm-hmm. I have nothing negative to say about them. Oh, I don't know. Because do I really have anything negative to say about this one? I don't. I don't Even the fact that the twist felt like a little bit of a letdown, I think he knew that. I think that he waited so long for the reveal. It came so late in the movie because he knew that wasn't the scary part of the movie. Yeah, like it's not. The climax of the movie really isn't the climax of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I kind of respect that. Uh, but I, I don't think I can give it a 5. I'm going to give it a 4.5 as well. 4.5. Standard deviations, but but like it's just it's, it's, it can see fives right there on the other side of the street. 
we didn't talk about favorite lines, but there were dozens and dozens of them. So many. That's where standard deviations comes from. Yeah. And songs of misogyny and temperament, temperament or proclivities and getting good at Yahtzee takes 10 years and so on. Anyway. Oh, that one. <laughs> You're not a Yahtzee master. That takes 10 years. That was a brilliant line. He's using a Milton Bradley approved strategy. <laughs> yes. So um, I also liked I'm opening the door now, Becca, that Tyler says like three or four times as he backs away from the door. Yeah, <laughs> it was That's pretty a awesome. Good scene. Yep. A lot of good scenes. We yep. can't talk about them all. So swerve. <laughs> That's some of that kid lingo I don't understand, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it means squad it, goals. It means we're out of here. <laughs> Not even as good as T Diamond Stylus. Really? I think you're better.